Thanks for listening. If you'd like to schedule a one-on-one coaching with Dr. Lodi, please visit drsudliff.com. I am an American board certified OBGYN, a mom, a Muslim, and I'm talking about sex. This is the Muslim Sex Podcast. Welcome to the Muslim Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sadaf Lodi, and this episode is everything you need to know about female empowerment. And before I get into it, the first thing I want to make very clear is that I am not giving any type of medical advice. So if you have any medical issues, please see your healthcare provider. And if you are having any religious issues, please speak with your friendly neighborhood religious leader. This is the Muslim Sex Podcast because I just happen to be a Muslim woman that talks about sex. So I am very excited to have on with me today, Dr. Uday. Dr. Uday, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Thank you so much. Yeah, so we're happy to have you. And so please, for all of our listeners and guests that may not know who you are, please introduce yourself and let us know what you do. Yes. So thank you so much um, for having me. This is really exciting and fun. So for those that don't know me, my name is Dr. Uday. Um, I'm a board certified family medicine physician. I'm based in Martinsburg, West Virginia. Uh, I own a primary care practice, namely Apple Valley Family Medicine. I also own an aesthetic practice. And with both, I, my goal is to have my patients feeling good and looking good. Awesome. That is awesome. I like that. So I know that um, today's topic is on female empowerment and having your patients, like you just said, you know, feeling good on the inside and also on the outside. So what exactly does that mean for you and in your practice? Yeah. So um, a lot of the times when you hear about things like self-care and taking care of yourself. What I find, and I had this uh, the same thing, I, I was doing the same thing. I find that people focus a lot more on the physical. So for me, when I think of it, it's mind, body, and soul. So most of the things you hear about, you know, things which are great, things like massages or, you know, going on vacation. So a lot of things that um, people that gets talked about a lot is more the physical. Um, stuff. And so what, what I try to do is also make sure that, you know, the other parts of it, so mind, body, and soul. So feeding your mind and also even feeling, feeding your soul and spirit is, is also um, taken into account. Okay. Awesome. And so I know that you are a family practitioner and your patients, you know, you have a lot of things <laughs> that you take care of Absolutely. Uh, from what they say, the cradle to the grave, right? Family <laughs> practitioners, they take care of everything. So tell me, you know, I'm really interested since this is the Muslim sex podcast, you know, I'm interested in what type of sexual health topics that patients usually come to you for. And is it usually women or is it men or is it like a combination of both? So just like you said, I do see um, newborns all the way up to, you know, geriatrics. And so I see all of it. So, um, you know, I have obviously women coming to me. Um, you know, either complaining about, um, you know, either, you know, pain within a course or, you know, vaginal dryness or decreased libido or sex drive, um, you know, to men who come in with erectile dysfunction um, issues or, you know, um, more social issues, maybe not, you know, feeling, you um, 
you know, performance issues. And a lot of that can be psychosocial, you know, not having time to spend with their partners. So, I mean, because we, you know, we're kind of the first line and we see patients for whatever issue um, is coming up, I pretty we pretty much see all of it. Right, right. So I know that you had mentioned like decreased uh, arousal, decreased yes. libido and pain with intercourse and things like that. So typically, how do you, um, you know, what do you suggest that somebody then do then when they have those issues? So, I mean, because I take care of a whole bunch of things, a lot of the times I will take care of what I can and then I do refer for them out. So um, for, you know, on the male side of things, if it's, you know, things like erectile dysfunction, first of all, it's figuring out the reason why that's happening. So um, if it's more of a psychosocial um, issue, you know, really busy or there's some anxiety or depression or so then I, I try to help you know, with those things, either with um, therapy or with medication, depending on what the patient wants, Um, versus is it an anatomical issue? Now, if they are having things like um, uh, structurally, they're still able to have, you know, an erection and maintain an erection, it's just um, they're able to attain it, but they're not able to maintain, then it's obviously medication. And But a lot of times I will, you know, refer out to our urology counterparts um, going forward. Um, on the women's side of things um, with painful intercourse, then usually it's things like doing a physical exam, figuring out what's going on. Is there an infection? Is there an anatomical issue going on? Um, you know, if it's a psychosocial thing, again, taking a good history, figuring out what's going on. And a lot of times, um, some of these issues can be easily teased apart and figured out. And so sometimes it's, you know, either counseling or something easy that we can just talk about, um, all the way up to medication or, you know, referring out to our specialist counterparts as well. Sure, sure. So, you know, I often uh, will get patients that come to me for things such as vaginismus, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so I'm wondering if you also see that in your practice and, you know, what are the things that you offer to your patients regarding vaginismus? So with vaginismus, which is, you know, painful intercourse, um, again, if it's sight, if it's a lot of psychosocial where they've had trauma and things like that, then some of it I will discuss with them. Um, a lot of the times I find that by the time, you know, they mention that to me, they do, they need a little bit extra. So I will get some, um, help from, um, either our psych, um, um, psychiatrists, uh, friends or, um, have them see OB-GYN as well. Um, but yeah, sometimes if they've had traumas, then we, we talk about that. Um, so yes. Yeah, absolutely. I find that, I find that one of the most helpful things for women that have vaginismus, you know, like you mentioned, it's definitely pain, but oftentimes, um, women are, you know, they experience fear and the muscles around the vagina, will just contract, right? Even in anticipation of like a pelvic exam, of a tampon insertion, of anything penetrative going inside. And so oftentimes, um, I agree with you, you know, there needs to be a lot of coaching, a lot of working with thoughts, a lot of working with, you know, the fear. And definitely, like you stated, um, sometimes it can happen as a result of trauma. 
and and or you know things maybe that they have heard and have then internalized Mm -hmm. and so oftentimes that takes the form of coaching or counseling as you were saying and um and oftentimes I find that, you know, pelvic floor therapists definitely help as well, right? Mm-hmm. When they work with their with the dilators for patients with this type of um, issue. And then, you know, slowly working up to where they are able to tolerate like an exam and things awesome. like that. So I think that, you know, often that takes um, a, a lot of uh, counseling and coaching and things like that when it comes to... Um, vaginismus. So you had mentioned that you also see men in the practice and you, you know, deal with like erectile dysfunction and um, perhaps premature ejaculation. So, you know, usually do you do, you do like the workup and then you refer out? Is that how it works then? So yes, I do both. So a, a lot of times I'll check and make sure that there isn't an infection going on. Um, get a good history, obviously, and then also asking those questions um, about whether the issue is, um, you know, attaining it, maintaining it, how long has it been going on for, um, right. obviously making sure that they're not on medication that is going to interact with what I would prescribe to help with, um, uh, in a, you know, uh, maintaining an erection or attaining uh, the other thing is even the comorbid uh, conditions that are associated. Oh, so, yes. Yeah, a mm-hmm. big one is diabetes. So yes. a lot of times that's associated with, you know, coronary artery disease or even just atherosclerosis, which is what leads to a lot of this. And right. so I'm checking, you know, towards that. And then sometimes we have situations where it's, you know, so severe, if they're not able to attain an erection at all, then um, usually there is um, a lot of anatomical and structural problems. And then that's usually they need to be referred out. But a lot of the times um, I can, you know, prescribe medicine that will help help them along as well. Right. You know, what you mentioned about like, um, you know, comorbid symptoms and things, uh, other things going on in the individual, right? So I had a urologist on who uh, mentioned that, you know, one of the biggest things for erectile dysfunction is um, coronary artery disease, like what you had stated. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if somebody is having issues with uh, erectile dysfunction, one of the things that they will do is actually refer the patient to a cardiologist Mm -hmm. because, you know, if a vessel within the penis is blocked and they're not able to get an erection, Mm -hmm. that may be a sign that there are other arteries in the body that are blocked as well. Absolutely. And so, right. Sorry. Yeah. And so that's what, right. So just exactly what you had mentioned, you know, taking a look at other symptoms and other areas of the body and what other disease processes are going on that may be causing the same issue elsewhere. So I know that um, you had also talked about, you know, female arousal and libido and how much of that often do you see? And, you know, do you recommend, well, actually, what would you recommend for somebody like that? Would you recommend like a coaching or counseling or psychiatry? What do you normally do for somebody? So it's a combination. So if, uh-huh. if it's a lot of psychosocial issues, then I would definitely um, recommend counseling. Um, and then, cause usually that's, there's no structural anatomical problems going on there. 
Um, if there is, you know, and then, I mean, even um, in the case of like a trauma or if there was a rape and, and all that, because we do um, get that as well. A lot of times they will go to the ER to do, you know, the rape kit and all that. Yes. Um, but, you know, when the patient comes back to see us and just kind of see if, you know, structurally if things are healing okay. But a lot of the times, because there's just so many layers to it, I definitely yes. recruit assistance. Um, right. So structurally make sure everything's healing okay. And then, like I said, um, make sure that the psychosocial, um, you know, part of it is being taken care of. Um, and then um, if there's anything else that can be done, obviously if they, there's any infection, you know, from that trauma, making sure that was treated. So there's, there's a lot of layers to that, but I, I definitely recruit help in those kind of situations. Absolutely. Right. I mean, I, you know, like you mentioned, there's definitely a lot of layers. There are definitely a lot of trauma. So absolutely you probably need a lot of people following up with the patient, making sure that she's doing okay and, you know, long-term effects as well. So definitely, you know, I'm just wondering also, now you had talked about taking care of the patient from the inside out. So, you know, we know that the exam is, you know, a lot of times what uh, people refer to, but from the inside, are you also, you know, is it that you're checking um, blood hormone levels, or when you mentioned, you know, taking care of the patient from the inside out. So maybe you could elaborate on that a little bit. Okay. So when I say that, I mean, there's definitely layers, you know, there's an exam and all that, but I'm actually talking more about, um, how they're feeding their mind. So for mm. example, with the mind portion, when I say mind, body, and soul, um, yeah. talking about, you know, um, are you getting me time? Are you mm. taking care of your time? Um, I mean, taking care of yourself. Because I find right. that a lot of women um, wear a lot of hats. You know, we're yeah. mom, we, you know, we have jobs, we're entrepreneurs, you know, um, we have partners. So what I find is, yes, there's a lot of hardcore things that go on structurally, anatomically, but a lot of the physical manifestations can also just come from psychosocial issues. So I, I do talk to my patients a lot about, hey, are you taking time for yourself? You know, when is the last time you, you literally just took the day off or took half a day off for yourself? You know, um, the other thing is, you know, who are you surrounding yourself with? You know, because, it, you know, that's very important. If you have people around you that are t sucking up your energy, you know, after you've spent time with them, you feel drained, you know, that's not a good thing. Because that, first of all, can affect you in so many different ways, can get you anxious, you know, depressed, or even um, stressed out. It can affect right. your sleep. So there's tangible and intangible effects from just something as basic as that. So I always, so when I'm talking about that, like as far as the mind, it's things like, you know, are you taking time for yourself? Are you surrounding yourself with the right people, people that build you up, people that invest in you mentally? Yeah. Um, the other yeah. one is, you know, self-development. Are you, you know, learning? Are you, you putting yourself in situations where you're building yourself up mentally, you know? For example, you know, for us, we're in the medical field, you know, and we're, we do pretty good at keeping up with medical information. You know, if you're, you know, an accountant or a nutritionist or an engineer, are you feeding your mind on, you know, your said topic? And then on top of that, are you feeding your mind on other things to improve yourself in other ways? Um, sure. 
Yeah, right. And then um, the other thing is, what is your personal radio station playing? And by that, what thoughts are you filling your head with? You know, are you having, you know, positive um, self-talk versus are you telling yourself, hey, I'm not, you know, I'm not able to do this. I'm not doing well. So that the, the, those kind of, and I, I talk to patients about that because a lot of times when I'm asking questions, you can tell when, when, um, a lot of the times, you know, the, the, the self-talk isn't what optimal, what it should be. And those are very important because to me, our voice is the most influential. So if, if, if all you're telling yourself is negative things, then you're guaranteed to have a bad day. Um, right. guaranteed, guaranteed. So that's when I say that, that's, so that's the mind piece. Um, the body piece, we, you know, we talk about that, but it's things like, you know, are you, you know, nutrition, are you feeding your, your body, right? You know, the high protein, um, lots of veggies, low carb. Um, are you avoiding the simple starches? Things like, um, I don't know, donuts, um, cookies, you know, the things that are low in nutrients and, you know, are not really what you want to be feeding yourself versus, you know, the, the good starches like your Quaker oats or your potatoes, that kind of stuff. The other piece of the body is hydration. Are you drinking enough water? Water is a big one. So I tell them 80, 80% of the time you should be drinking water. Um, and then exercise, you know, are you moving your body? So the, the recommendation is, you know, an hour, hour a day, five days a week. But I tell people, come as you are. If you could only do 15, 20 minutes, better than nothing. Yeah. Um, right? And then sleep. Are you sleeping well? The recommendation, you know, experts say seven to nine hours. And this one is a big one. A lot of people don't sleep well. I don't know if it's the technology. I don't, people are busy. I mean, we're all ours. So it's a huge problem. So I talk to people about sleep. I also let them know, you, you know, if you're not sleeping well, you tend to crave sugar the next day. Oops. You tend to be stressed out. All of that. Um, and so that's the body piece. Now, you know, soul is, you know, um, you know, meditation, prayer. For me, I'm Christian. So, but well, it's whatever that means to you, right? So that feeds your soul. You know, I feel like that grounds you. I didn't, I, I wasn't um, doing it as well as um, I should have, but I re definitely um, recently I've been doing that more and I feel so much better. Um, and then even spending time with your loved ones, I, I feel like that feeds your soul as well. So when I, I talk about that, that's what I talk about. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. I love that. You know, I love, I love that whole person approach because that's so important, right? It's, it's easy to go, um, see your doctor and you tell them here, I'm having this, you know, one symptom. I just need, need you to take care of this. And they give you a medicine and then you walk out of the office. But it's another thing to find a doctor that actually takes the time to go over everything and to go over, you know, your mental health, your physical health, but also your spiritual health. And so I think that's amazing that you do that in your practice. You know, I think that's probably very fulfilling for both you and the patient, and they probably feel like they're really being seen and heard. So I think that's really amazing. And, uh, you know, I wish that more physicians had time to do that, right? Oftentimes, especially when you're in a practice where you have to see patients every 15 minutes and it's, you just don't have that kind of time, right, to spend with the patient. But when you're able to offer a concierge medicine like this and, you know, be able to tailor your 
the way that you see a patient based on what their needs are, then I feel like that really is what we were meant to do, right? Is to spend that kind of time and energy on the patient so that they feel good when they come see you and also feel good when they leave your office. So that is amazing. Absolutely. It seems like you put a lot of coaching into your practice. So I like that. Funny thing is I I didn't even see it that way, but yes, I do. A lot of times patients tell me that they're like, Man, this was a great session. And the thing is, you know, I'm, I'm pretty um, busy as far as scheduling, but um, I feel like I, you know, you, you have to make the time for that. So a lot of times I will fit it in um, with, you know, based on what the patient needs. Um, sometimes yeah. it's not easy to do, but um, it, it makes, it really, really makes a huge difference. It really does. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I'm sure they probably really feel seen and heard when they're, you know, at your office. I think that's amazing. That's cool. That's cool. Um, so when you uh, had talked about, you know, maybe we can just talk about this really uh, for a little bit. When you sure. talked about um, the soundtracks, right, playing mm-hmm. in our head. Absolutely. Uh, maybe you could elaborate a little bit on that. That is a big one. That is a big one. Yeah. And I would say even personally, I would say that it wasn't always the case for me staying, you know, um, positive. So, so you obviously being optimistic. Um, but, you know, over time, you just realize that how important it is. I've been, you know, I've been reading more about it. And I find that, um, let's think, I find that, um, with um, the positive um, thinking, it affects everything. Yeah. If you start your day um, in a negative mindset, um, and I see, I think part of it is because I see it a lot in patients. Yeah. Um, so if you start your day, like, you know, when I ask a patient, how's your day going? And, you know, they list all the negative things that have happened then the question then becomes, and I, I say this also with my children, did you have, you know, a bad five minutes or did you have a bad, a full bad day? Usually it's you had a bad five minutes or at most a bad 20 minutes, but you carried it through for the whole day. And then it's a whole, it's a bad day and the whole day is wasted. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah. and I say this a lot to my children, a lot is make sure that you're not giving yourself a full bad day because you had one bad thing happen during the day. Because it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Things things aren't perfect. Things are going to happen. So it's how you respond to that you know, external stimulus. Um, and I love this quote that says, offenses are inevitable, but being offended is optional. Mm. That's That's a big one for me. So... Um, it makes a huge difference. It really, really does. So if wow. you're having a hard time, are you telling yourself, hey, this is tough, but I'm going to figure it out or I'm, 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 uh, I can do this versus this sucks. I can't do it. I'm not, you know, I'm not able to do this. The, the mindset and, and um, the outlook is different in, in those two situations. The person that says, hey, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to find who can help me with this is then going to go forward and look for how to make this happen. Even if it's right. not, they can't figure it out. They'll find that person versus I'm just not able to do it. Then you're not going to even try. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Absolutely. You know, and I think what you mentioned there is, you know, really about like a fixed mindset and a growth mindset, right. Absolutely. And how we 
um, frame the things that happen to us in our lives and what, you know, it's, it's really so important. And we oftentimes in coaching, we do this as well is that, you know, we know that our thoughts, right. Our thoughts will lead to our feelings that we have, and then our feelings will lead to our actions. So if we start with thoughts that are negative, then we're going to have those negative emotions, which are only going to lead to negative actions. And then what the most important thing, and what I love about coaching is that we have control over our thoughts. Right. And that's what the most empowering thing I think is, is that knowing that we control it. Right. Like nobody else. It's up to us and it's up to us to change our mindset and grow our mindset, but also that we control it. And so that if the thoughts are not serving us, then we can actually let them go. That's which true. Is You're in charge. Really, You're in charge. Yeah. It's Absolutely. up here and it's, it's the, the effect of it starting up here is exponential. So once yeah. you start up here, I mean, it just, it fixes a whole bunch of things, a whole yeah. bunch of things. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love what you said. You said, you know, offenses are inevitable, but being offended is optional. Absolutely. I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I found yeah. that quote year, years ago and I, I definitely stuck by that one. That's a really good yeah. thing. No, I, I just, I love that. So that is fantastic. <laughs> so uh, for, for our listeners and our viewers, you know, and if they want to come and get the full body experience that you offer, which I think is absolutely amazing with the mind, body, soul experience, um, come see you. I wish you were here where I am. <laughs> I come see you for sure. Um, so if you could tell our viewers and our listeners where you're located so that they can find you and do you, do you ever do like telehealth? Do you do online? Absolutely. I was going to say that. So if you're local, we're in Martinsburg, West Virginia, but we also offer virtual appointments. Um, so the name of the practice is Apple Valley Family Medicine. Our phone number here is 304-350-1087. And you can also find us online at www.applevalleyfamilymedicine. Well, actually, applevalleyfamilymed.com. And... Um, so uh, we are actually open um, seven days a week, and so have evening hours. So we definitely um, try to be accessible to our patients. Uh, so give us a call or look us up online, and we will be able to take care of you. And then as far as um, social media, we do have a Facebook. It is the Apple Valley Family Medicine Um and then I have a podcast called Weekly Dose with Dr. Uday. So it's on YouTube, it's on podcast, um, and the videos do actually stream on Facebook as well. So yes. That's awesome. Well, that is amazing. And there's lots of ways to get in touch with you. And I love that. And I have never heard of a practice that is open seven days a week, for goodness sake. <laughs> when do you rest? <laughs> We have, we have two doctors and um, two nurse practitioners at our practice. So we all, we all take, um, we all take care of our patients. So we, wow. we spread it, we spread it out for sure. We want to make sure everybody's taken care of so that um, our um, physician and providers are okay. So we, we definitely yeah. uh, cover each other. Yes. 
That's great. That's great. Well, that is awesome. And I love it. So thank you so much. And thank, thank you, you for being on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. So, well, we are done here and it's been real and really intimate. And remember, this was not meant to be any type of medical advice. So if you are having any medical issues, please go see your medical provider. And until next time, this is the Muslim Sex Podcast. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to schedule a one-on-one coaching with Dr. Lodi, please visit drsadaf.com. And until next time, this is the Muslim Sex Podcast. Thank you.